Corporate JP says Jazz in five against the Clippers. That series didn't start until Utah won on the road on Wednesday. This is Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. I'll take off the Corporate JP hat once we talk to Niall Campbell of utahjazz.com. We get into more about the Clips and what happened. But I talked to Noah Eagle on Friday night after the game, and we completely agreed these two teams are super even. And that's super encouraging from the Jazz side because the Clips have big aspirations. And it's the same for Utah. What they've shown this year, what they've shown this season, they can jump into that club. And if this is a playoff preview, give me seven of these. Give me a matchup where you're seeing Ty Lue go away from Zubats and Ibaka down the stretch so that he has Morris as the five. What's Rudy going to do? How's he going to adjust? If you want to make big declarations after a primetime national television game, congratulations, good for you. But look at the entire body of work. See what this team has done and notice that they're blowing out teams. They're in the top five offense defense efficiency, how they're playing, how desperate LA was to not go over against the Jazz. Friday was really entertaining, and if it goes to a playoff scenario between these teams, would be a complete toss-up. And that's due to personnel, and frankly, the guy that maybe flies under the radar when it comes to credit, Quinn Snyder. There was a great story by Tom Haberstrow, a round ball roundup guest, on True Hoop. Tom highlighted what Quinn Snyder has done to the offense and how it's transformed into highlighting the best parts that Utah had last season. Shooting more threes. They're going fast. They're taking shots with confidence. There's a story in there about Jazz are on the road and Quinn's telling George Niang, shoot the ball. And it just instantly reminded me of Jim Beheim. Of course, if you have the round ball round up bingo card, you are racking them up because we already have a No Eagle reference. We have a Haverstrow reference, previous podcast, and now we have Jim Beheim. But it's true. And I go back to Beheim only because of the way that he coaches his players. And it's super incumbent on confidence giving his players confidence so that they can take big shots and have the confidence to take big shots. For a Michael Carter-Williams or a Jeremy Grant to believe in themselves down the stretch to make this team run to a Final Four. And you see what Jeremy Grant can do. He has so much talent. That guy was a six-man at Syracuse. Beheim still giving him confidence to come off the bench and affect games. And the way that he does that enables players to shine on the brightest of stages. When Boyan comes into this team last season and he's having career best numbers, he's hitting game winners, Quinn's continuing to say, shoot the ball, shoot the ball. Very revealing quote in that Haverstrow piece about how Quinn's explaining it might be selfish not to shoot. It's not selfish to shoot the ball. It's selfish not to shoot it. So understanding what they're doing this year of playing really fast in possessions, shooting those threes when you have those opportunities, a guy like Jordan Clarkson who's flourishing in his role, everybody understanding their role, that's top-down from what Quinn has 
shown and done for this team. And he's getting that ultimate buy-in from players and from the league in making him the coach of Team LeBron. That's the ultimate confidence. So we'll see if he's joined by anybody else come Tuesday when they announce the reserves. But Quinn will be there representing the Jazz and representing what he's done in Utah in making this team the number one team in the league so far. Do catch that piece in True Hoop by Tom Haverstrow. And if you want to hear his interview on this very program, of course, check it out. Check the archives. We spoke to him. He just expanded upon his ideas. While you're there, though, five stars, nice reviews. That's all I ask of you. Let others know you're listening to the podcast. It helps, I swear. Let's hear from Niall Campbell as the UtahJazz.com digital reporter joins us for a happy Niall Campbell Monday. What's your favorite spot on the airplane? Are you a middle? Are you an aisle? Are you a window? Um, so I'm usually like, it depends on the length of the, the, the flight, I guess. Um, I usually like to be on the aisle because I have longer legs. I also tend to have to use the bathroom a little bit more, but now with COVID, I don't like to use the bathroom. Um, but I like the feeling of having just to get up and like go and not to tell, excuse me, excuse me, can I get past you? Um, but I did start getting the vibe of the whole window situation. I do kind of like the ability to like, kind of like lay your head if you want to. I do see why people like that. I want to get a good photo. That's also nice. Um, so I think I'm slowly switching over into a window. Never a middle. Who's a middle seat person? I can do middle. I'm okay with middle. I wouldn't describe myself as a middle person. I'm more of a window. I've been preaching the gospel of looking out the window as you land uh, for a yeah. while now. Uh, but a middle person, it takes a, a, a certain sickness to enjoy the middle seat in an airplane. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's already confined enough. Mm -hmm. You don't need that, that middle seat. I'll do a middle if I'm like, know the person I'm sitting next to. I don't think anybody willingly does a middle. Yeah, like I've, no. It's like if, if this plane is full, I'm like, all right, fine. Like you can take the window. Someone's got to sit next to me on the other side. But as long as I can lay on your head, it's fine. A, a normal power rankings is, is obviously aisle, window, middle. Really? Yeah, most people want to be on the aisle because hmm. they can I thought I was different. in and out. No, 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 no. Yeah, I've gotten, hit by, but I've, I've gotten hit by carts. I've gotten hit by suitcases. So I didn't you know, think the aisle. You know the risks. Yeah. I've gotten hit by the, in the head by a suitcase before. But you also have all the people on airplanes who, once you land, rush up to go <laughs> get their, their baggage. Why are you standing? Literally. While, while everybody is also sitting and nobody's going anywhere. I just sit back. I'm like, all right, I'll be the last to leave. It's fine. I'm going to cry the whole flight. Jazz flying back from L.A. after they split the games against the Clippers. One on Wednesday where they dominated. And then Friday, things back to their level as they lose for the first time in nine straight that they had been on the trot. Corporate JP tweeted out, Jazz in five. 
But honestly, let's be honest. You don't know what's going to happen once we get to the playoffs when things are going to get narrower. Clippers had to go to a little chicanery. They played Mm -hmm. Marcus Morris at the five late in the game to try and evade Rudy Gobert. They had to do those adjustments that you get in this baseball series. I don't think over a seven-game series, the Jazz don't like their chances against this team. No, I actually thought, I'm going to be honest with you. I think, first of all, we're not going to go undefeated the entire season. Like, come on. Like, we're, we're not. We're great. And I would love to see it, but at the end of the day, that's just not going to happen. You're going to have your off days. But for us to lose, that was a loss I was okay with, right? Because they fought all the way down to the last minute. Donovan, it was just insane to watch him. What was it? Back-to-back threes, collect, like getting it down to two points within the last few seconds. I thought it was over at some points, and they just kept coming back and letting you know, no, it's not over. And we're going to continue to show you how we're still able to get our heads back in the game. The first half was brutal. It was, it was harder to watch, won't lie. But the second half, um, I think that's what really shows the growth. You have these moments where you lose where you're like, okay, so we can be down a lot of points, but we also know how to come back from it. And we also know how to give them a game. Clippers probably thought it was over. But one thing about the Jazz is that it's not over until the last 2.2 seconds or whatever it is. It's not over. No, it's not over until it's 0-0 on the clock. Literally, that's how it is for the Jazz. So I was okay with this loss. I mean, you don't like to see, you don't like to see us lose as a, as a Jazz uh, as a jazz fans, as, as people that work for the Jazz. You don't want to see that happen. But at the end of the day, you rather see that, okay, they grew from this. They're not going to let that happen again. So it was tough, but I think you're also able to see just how great of a team they are, the fact that they're able to come back. Um, so I was okay with it. Now you just got to come back harder um, for tonight's game, which can also be a really big challenge. I don't think that you can make these broad strokes about the Jazz and the hot takes that come off just due to the fact that the game was on national television. Mm-hmm. Look at the entire body of work, how they already beat the Clippers twice this season. They beat the Bucks. They beat the Celtics. Celtics not looking so hot. But they beat the Heat. They beat the Sixers. They beat all these teams that they've beaten. And then the teams that they have also played, it's been huge margins. Point differential matters. And when this is the gap between you and the middling teams, that shows that you're in the upper crust of the entire NBA landscape. This isn't just squeaking by these teams. Yeah. But I will say, though, it's because most of the times, and I think, I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was, um, maybe it was Mike, but they he had said something like, Sometimes you want to have like the closer, you don't want to keep winning every game by 20. It might've been phase actually. Now I think about it. You don't want to keep winning every game by 20, by these big margins. You yeah, I disagree those... with that. You want to win <laughs> you by prefer, 20. Every you prefer season. that? I think, I mean, sometimes I'm okay if we win by five or six points on some days, not every game, but I do kind of enjoy the little rush that you get, you know, coming from it when you're not just sitting back during the fourth quarter and you're like, Oh, we got this. We got this. But those five to six points, and you're like, oh, yeah, like you got a little nervous, but not too nervous because you know you're great. I, I do enjoy that. I won't lie to you. I kind of I, I enjoy the rush. OK, so you would rather you'd rather no, I wouldn't rather. But it's nice to see it every now. Oh, OK. Oh, okay. don't say that. Don't know would you rather. No, I, it's nice to sprinkle it in. OK, so <laughs> give me a one to ten. Of would you rather 
10 being give it to me right now. One being, yeah, no thanks. A, an overtime game. An overtime game? Yeah. Would you like to see an overtime game? Because that means it's close in the fourth quarter. Means yeah. a team leveled it. And at we the won end. the overtime game? And you won the overtime game. Oh, yeah. Then I'm fine with seeing that. But no, not right now. I don't want to see that for a minute because we just lost. So right now, I'm okay. You can give me, if we go back on like another five game winning, winning streak again, which we probably will, knowing us. Um, I'm okay with an overtime win. An overtime okay. win. But don't make it an 8 p.m. game. <laughs> don't make it nobody, a- nobody wants a, a late game overtime matchup. Terrible. Uh, it was good that they started that, that uh, Pelicans-Celtics game the other day, midday. That yeah. I could do an overtime, an overtime okay. outfit. Okay, this is okay. I've, oh, God, I've had one. I, I, when I worked with the Wizards, um, we had two overtimes, and then we had a concert after the game. Oh. I, we didn't leave the arena till 1, I think it was like 1 a.m. It was insane. Who's performing? If I'm not mistaken, I could be getting an accept, but I think it was Cisco. The other thing that happened last week on the Joe Ingles show, which you can listen on DJ and PK, 975-1280 The Zone, Zone Sports Network. Joe brought up a challenge put forth by Donovan. Donovan, obviously, huge baseball fan, has his dad connected to the Mets, grew up playing baseball. A challenge where Donovan gets 10 pitches to Joe Ingles, and Joe has to make contact on one of those in fair play. Uh Do you think Joe Ingles can make contact on a Donovan Spider-Mitchell pitch? I don't like the confidence that you have in Joe with that long, long pause. He has 10 chances. He gets 10 chances. It has and to be in fair can. play. It's no foul balls count, no tips. Got to get into fair play. Oh, and he just needs to make one? One. Yeah, he can do it in his head. You think so? hmm Did you play baseball growing up? Mm-mm. <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. So, I played a little bit baseball. Uh, second base, shortstop, middle infield for you uh, baseball heads listening. It's difficult to hit a pitch. And oh. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know how good of a pitcher Donovan is. Yeah. Uh, I get that Joe has uh, probably some hand-eye coordination, obviously being an athletic guy. Doesn't look athletic on TV, but slow-mo Joe has athleticism. Understand that. You have to be really good to make it to the NBA and have at least a little bit of athleticism. But the idea of if Donovan can get one curveball that he throws, there is no chance, zero chance, Joe Ingles can hit that. I'm sorry. He didn't grow up with this sport. The cricket game that's played. I think I could do it. Cricket in, okay, now you're being a little blasphemous. Uh, Completely blasphemous. Do you think you could hit a, uh, major league home run batting practice who me yeah major league hit a home run a home run they're just tossing it right down the middle of the plate can you hit a home run off of that? i don't think i can hit a home run just because i don't know if i can run even if it goes out the park i don't even know if i can make it around the 
all the way back up. But I think I can hit a pitch. In fair play? Maybe. You haven't played this game. Why do you have confidence? I, I know. But sometimes you have to have confidence. I think that I can figure it out by, by, by ball 10. I believe, and I think about this very often when I look at sports, these people are operating at a level I do not understand. I can't even comprehend. Even the college game, when you're watching college basketball players, those guys could go to your YMCA or your boys and girls club, and they will run you off the floor. It's not even going to be close. I even think about this when you play intramurals and you get those law students who used to be college basketball players. The law school team is amazing at every single school. So that lends itself to, to baseball. And Donovan has actually played this game. Joe hasn't. He grew up with cricket where you have a huge mallet to hit the ball. It's huge. It's bouncing in there too. This is a little toothpick that he's going to be holding. There's no chance if Donovan throws anything with spin, Joe can get a, any contact in okay. fair play. Okay. Well, when are we going to see this? I don't know, but we need to arrange this because the Jazz also have the bees in the umbrella. Yeah. So they need to get the bees game out there. Maybe we'll maybe, do it during All-Star 2023. Maybe, Nio, this could be an off the court. When's the last time that you played a sport? <laughs> well, on the Dance counts. After- Dance counts. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I was going to do it. I was going to do it. I was going to do it. On the recent episode of Black History Month, Black Celebrating Black-Owned Businesses in Utah, we uh, celebrated Mark Cameron, the owner of the Dance Project SLC. Um, he forced me, <laughs> sort of, because I kind of wanted to do it, but he taught me a dance routine, and it is, in fact, on camera. So the last time I did any type of sport, oh, I also did mountain climbing, but uh, I did dance recently. And you can check that out. You can check me dancing out on the latest episode out now on all digital platforms. Well, and you have to stick around till the end. You don't front load it with your dancing. No, no, no. You got to watch it. Yeah. You, you start to pick up and, and see her in the background of some moves uh, once you get into the interview later on in, in the episode. You still danced on the video, and you also danced on your Instagram. So I'm starting to get I have a lot of issues. The trends so that I, you're dancing. Yeah, I have. I have a lot of issues. So I actually enjoy, I think I like, my body likes to dance. I just don't have much rhythm, much. I do have some, but I don't have much. But Ron Boone has called me out on it. Jerry Carter has called me out on it. They're like, we see you before every game. DJ June has called me out on it. We see you, Naya, we see you. I'm like, how do you see, we see you with your head. I'm like, I don't even realize I'm doing any type of movements. I've been on people's Instagram dancing. So I guess I I do like to dance, but it shies me away when the cameras are involved. <laughs> but the cameras were involved with they the were. Black History Month series, so you can check that out. I had to do to it. Yeah, totally. I completely understand. How would you rate uh, your experience, though, dancing with him and it him as, as an instructor? Oh, I think he was cool. I would say I would give myself maybe a 7 out of 10. Because there were some things that I was still missing. But I didn't look super crazy. I didn't look crazy, did I, JP? 
No, you look fine. You looked as if you were getting the moves. Okay. Uh, but you definitely weren't uh, at the same tempo that he was at. Let's say you're even doing it right now on the on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and I also know dance is hard. Guess Thank who took you. four years of dance in high school? This guy. So I know it can be very difficult. What dance did you do? So we had to have fine arts credits at West yeah. High School here in Salt Lake City. And I took dance one, two, three, four as my fine arts credits and uh, had, a, had a recital and everything after the end of the, the deal. I even had a solo in one of our dance recitals that I, I went out and participated in. Did, I you had wear, did you wear tights? Gold, gold tights, gold leggings to make myself stand out. Miss Carrier, she thought I did a great job. Well, JP Chunga, so he must have been there between either 2008 to 2015? 2012, eight to 12. Oh. Okay, so look that up, find it. I don't know why I said 15. I couldn't calculate clearly. <laughs> math was not your strong suit. You weren't in IB so It was. It was. Math was. It was. Really? I haven't taken math, though. I haven't taken a math class since my freshman year of college, so that's a long time from now. What's the math equation for how many All-Stars the Jazz are going to get tomorrow when the Oof. NBA releases the entire team? So... Real numbers. We're dealing with real numbers, not imaginary. One, two, three. How many? I just feel like I don't want to say it, but I just the NBA. I just don't know. Like I just don't know if they're gonna do us. They're gonna treat us right. They should, but they gave the Brooklyn Nets two All Stars. Now, granted, I understand, and they're probably gonna have three with James Harden. I don't know if James Harden technically because he's new. I don't know if that's gonna work. But like, come on, like they gave the Brooklyn Nets Kyrie and Kevin Durant, and I get it. I understand. Like, of course, like it's the fan votes. They're you know they are who they are, and you respect it. But it's like, dang, we're the number one team in the entire league. I'm still upset that Donovan wasn't a, considered a starter, if we're really going to be honest. But I understand it's a Western Conference. We have to respect the reserves. We have to wait for time, blah, 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 blah. Damian Lillard didn't get it either. Hopefully, we'll have three tomorrow, meaning that we'll have four people in the All-Stars because we're going to count Quinn Snyder as well because he's an All-Star coach. I don't know how much coaching he's going to do in the game with yeah. Team LeBron. LeBron might be the coach of that team. And Quinn's the type of person, he's very much a player's coach. So he's going to let <laughs> LeBron. Yeah, he's going to let LeBron. Let LeBron be the coach. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing that many LeBron a coach has learned. Yeah, for sure. What do you think? You think Mike's going to get it? There's definitely a, a player swell to try and get him into there. He deserves it. How, how much they, they want to. I go back and forth on this about whether he should make it in or if it's cooler to say, follow me here, that Mike Conley, elite point guard, really good in the Western Conference, never made it to an all-star team. Because that, that's, that's more recognized in the history of the game. It's like one of those glaring omissions. How did, how did he not make it when he was in Memphis? What the heck's going on here? Why wasn't he ever made an all-star team? People will remember him longer there than maybe a one, two-time all-star appearance for him the rest of his career. I think he deserves to have all-star in his bio. He does deserve it. I agree. I see what you're saying, though, but no. Because just like they could have said the same thing for 
for Bradley, who's now a starter. And he mm-hmm. was, well, he actually got all-star prior, but still, you know what I mean? It was cool then, but no. Mike's too, no. Mike needs it one time in his career. So he deserves it. So let's I do pray. Res- I do respect in this year and age of a lot of people not caring about things. Mike does care about it. Yeah. Mike, and I, Mike, I respect that he said it. Yeah, I respect that too. I, I do like that uh, in this time where people are acting too cool for school for things, he actually went out there and, and, and said, yeah, I do want to be an all-star. Yeah. And there was nothing. I was, I actually was very happy that he said it because too many people try to be like, oh no, it's okay. I just want, no, say what you want and you shall receive. Okay. That's true. That's true. Now, now see, I vacillate between it. Like he could be a legend as the, as the non all-star all-star, but you know what? Screw it. He should be an all-star. He should Thank be in you. There. It would mean the world to me, obviously. Um, it would say a lot about, you know, me as a person, uh, after the year I had last year to come back and um, compete at the level I've competed at. And I, I do feel like I've played um, well enough, you know, to, to be in that conversation and to, and to quite frankly, be, you know, one of those reserves. So um, I think that uh, this year, you know, just everything is, is falling into place where we are the best, you know, best record. And, you know, we got a coach um, coaching the team, you know, the West team. So um, it's all falling in line. So if it's not going to happen this year, man, it's, it's uh, that'll be tough. Final thing for you. How's the book going? How's your reading? Where are you in it? 100 things every jazz fan should know. Nayo is going through a copy of the book to get herself caught up with jazz history. Where are you now? I'm at 15. Um, I learned about the 1983-1984 which is very interesting to read about. That team was Thurl Bailey, Mark Eaton, Rich Kelly, Jerry Eves, Frank Layden, Phil Johnson. Um, and that was very interesting learning about that team because they talked about personalities being something and having them not have such a great record the year before but their personalities and how they mesh together which is really kind of made that team shine and in many ways it kind of reminded me of this team and their friendship and their brotherhood so that was pretty cool reading about that learned about adrian dantley i already knew about adrian dantley because he's from my hometown Mm -hmm. so went to the legendary so it was really cool kind of like them saying legendary demathic catholic high school and legendary Morgan Wooten. So that was kind of cool reading about that. Um, and then learned about good old Horny. <laughs> Jeff Hornacek. Now an assistant coach with the Rockets. Part of one of the best shooting backcourts in all of NBA history. They were Stephen Clay before Stephen Clay. Or the first iteration of it. I, I don't think that they were Stephen Clay and that they aren't shooting a gazillion three-pointers. Yeah. The game has changed, but they were an elite shooting backcourt. It was crazy. Insane. No, that was actually a lot of fun to, to read about. So that was pretty cool learning about him because, I mean, I kind of, I knew that he was with the Jazz, um, but then you saw that he was, what he was able to do as a coach. Um, but knowing that he took time off so that he could go be with his family for some time and then return back to the sport. So that was pretty cool reading about that. Um, and even like hearing about like Hot Rod and his legacy and how they like, you know, he's so respected within this organization as a broadcaster, as an announcer. So that was pretty cool to like see that, to see that your impact, like you didn't have to necessarily be on the court, on the floor, um, but he really made a big impact on the game. So very fun reading about that. Hot Rod was also around when uh, that 83, 84 team where things were really dour in Utah, in 
in the fortunes of the franchise. Would it he still came stay? From New Orleans. He came from New Orleans. He was uh, a former number one overall pick for the Lakers back in the day. And many called him a bust as a player, yeah. but he still kept that in his body to persevere and become the first basketball player play-by-play announcer in the entire league. We also need to recognize that while Hot Rod was calling games, he would do some here in Utah, and then the Jazz would also play home games in Las Vegas. Yeah, I read, yeah. They were exploring opportunities outside the state before John and Carl came around, and they built this fan base and built that arena where it stands right now. Things weren't so bright in the early days of this franchise and And how, how far it's come. They were saying that this organization was like almost unstable in many ways. And it's so crazy because we're not such a stable organization. Like, you know, we're going to be in Utah for a very long time. And just to kind of like read about that in that journey, that was very interesting to read about that with Hot Rod. Also, another thing about Hot Rod is that he only missed 14 games in his entire 35-year career. 14 games. That's intense. That's perfect attendance. That's Ron Boone. Yeah. A thousand straight games, not missing one. Yeah. Iron Man streaks, Joe Ingles. Yeah, that's insane. No injuries, no sickness, or maybe they were sick. But <laughs> did you ever get perfect attendance as a kid? No, I was close. I was pretty good though. I was. I didn't miss a lot of days. I was probably close, but no, I never, never got perfect attendance. Never a hot rod streak. No, never a hot rod streak. But we'll see about this. Right now, I'm on a hot rod streak with. No, I'm not. <laughs> I think I missed the first game of the season. <laughs> in person, I missed the first game of the season. So I don't know if that really counts, but COVID is different. We'll, we'll do the hot rod streak for next season. Well, it starts one game at a time, Niall. Okay. We're on a streak right now. How many home games have we had? Jazz, 13 and two at home. So 15 games at home, plus the two in the preseason, 17. Okay, yeah. So my streak's pretty alive right now. Keep building on the streak. Happy Niall Campbell Monday. Make sure you add that in there. Thank you guys.